Good evening, everybody. This is Mr. Skullhead, and it is February 28th of 2011, and it's time to play the Calling Jig game. You can play along at home. It goes like this. We press the call button, and we call Jig. Hello. Uh, I'm going to have to adjust your level here. Live on the air, adjusting oh. levels. I didn't know we were live on the air. I would have been uh, I would have been more enthusiastic about saying hello. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Why, I'm fantastic. I've already informed everyone uh, that is the 28th of February. Turns out not so many days in February. Yeah, almost 10% fewer than a lot of days. I mean, months. <clears throat> yeah, I forgot because I was singing that song, you know, 30 days, half February, and all the rest have 31. Mm-hmm. Fucking February. Where does it get off being so friggin' short? Well, I'm assuming that it has something to do with black people. It's not a very socialist uh, arrangement, you know? Yeah. You'd think some of the other months would share the load by getting a little shorter. Yeah, well, I blame black people. It, it has something to do with them. I mean, it's their history month, and somehow they made it shorter than every other month. Do you also blame them for Medicaid budget shortfalls? No, those are Mexicans. Okay. Uh, how you been, Mr. Skullhead? Good, good. It occurred to me that we hadn't actually had a show since we got back from Orlando. Well, that's true. Which seems weird, because it feels like I got back from Orlando, like, a month ago. Does it? But no. Yeah, I, I feel like I got back from Orlando yesterday. <laughs> well, we, we walked into, uh, like, 12 degrees out of the 85 degrees that we had before. The days tend to drag a little bit. When there is because cold. Because you're outside and your miserable. brain gets cold and slows down? Well, no, when my brain is cold, it works more optimally because my brain is silicone based. Hmm. It's silicone so, based? It's silicon based. Oh, because you've got those, you've got those brain implants. Yeah. I'm you know, to, to make yourself feel better. It was for you, Mr. Skullhead. It wasn't for anybody else. To make me feel smarter to myself. But, uh, yeah, so my, my brain goes faster, so time seems like it's going by slower. Right? You, uh, sure. yeah. You didn't, uh, you didn't come home to any, uh, any domestic catastrophes or anything, did you? No, we still had the, a roof on our house and everything. I had a, I think I had a garage full of water. That might have happened before, uh, Orlando. Has there been a bunch of rain over there? No, just another leak inside the wall. Luckily, this was in one that I don't uh, feel the need to get the drywall fixed. Ah. One of these days, one of these days, enough uh, pipes are going to break inside my house to have covered the cost of replacing all the pipes now. Uh -huh. But I'm not going to do that. You got you some home homeowner's insurance, don't you? Yeah, but I, uh, I have had such miserable experience with car insurance and stories about car insurance that when something can be fixed for like 500 bucks, I feel like it would be foolish to involve the insurance companies. Oh yeah, when something can be fixed for less than your deductible, absolutely. Yeah. But if you and I don't know what my deductible is, but I imagine it's a million dollars. <laughs> it might as well be a million dollars. Insurance is a thing that I might as well not have ever, basically. Well, you know, it's probably... I don't understand it. I think it's horse shit. If, yeah. I, if I run over somebody that way. and can't afford to pay to resurrect them, they can just stay dead. Yeah, wait, what? Tough, tough titty is what I say. 
I'm guessing that your deductible is a thousand dollars because that's what mine is. Yeah. It seems pretty standard for home repair. But and we share everything, including a yeah. deductible. Uh, deductible. If uh, so, if your pipes break and you need to have them replaced, that's something that could cost like fifteen thousand dollars. At which point, it totally makes sense to involve your insurance company. Oh sure, and I mean I don't know if I could call them and say hey. Uh, this is the third time in two years that a pipe has sprung a pinhole leak and caused, you know, $500 or six or $700 worth of repair to be needed. At what point does it become worth it to you guys to, to eat this risk? <laughs> like, at the point at which we have to pay and can't yeah, avoid exactly. doing otherwise. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm kind of just hoping that one of them will leak for six months before the water soaks through into anywhere that I can see it so that it will have done enough damage that it will be worth getting the whole thing replaced. Yeah. Or I could just burn this fucking place to the ground. Yeah, don't say that in public, because when you actually decide to do it, you don't want there to be any precedent. You mean when my house accidentally burns down because of a, of a malfunctioning boiler plate? Right. You know, a, a boiler plate. Yeah, like a, a bunch of text that is standard, suddenly combusted. Yeah. Um, um, a, a legal mad lib, as it were. Um... <sighs> Hey, speaking of boilerplates, I, uh, I I purchased for uh, for the low low price of ten dollars and played through to my great delight the first uh, downloadable content expansion to Fallout New Vegas. That sounds like fun. It was fun as shit. Hmm. It, it I thought of us. It was divided into like three acts, and each of which each of those were divided into three sections. I um, like threes. Oh, it's like I like three mean? because it's a number that's small. Yes, we and discussed it's you. By three. You like small numbers. Small numbers I make do. more sense to you. I like small numbers because they remind me of my genitals. Mm. Wait. And the numbers that I produce with my genitals, such as a number one. You know, if you go to a bathroom and you start doing twelves and fifteens, you're in trouble, man. That's dangerous territory. That is, you're in trouble indeed. Um. Did you, uh, did you even watch the Oscars? Yeah, I watched them all the way through. Did you have a party? I, I had a... I had twice what the army considers a party. Uh, uh, me, me and my wife watched it. I see. We were an army what does the army consider two. a party? Uh, it, the, uh, the army of one, you know. So I would assume they would party of one. Party of five? Oh, yo soy la fiesta. Right. As they say. Yeah. So yeah, we we watched the Oscars. It was like everybody knew who was gonna win already, and none of the predictions were wrong. Like none of the conventional wisdom was flouted. Uh, my only knowledge of the Oscars comes from uh, reading a handful of uh, tweets that were posted during the Oscars, uh, which led me to believe that uh, perhaps James Franco was was high. Uh, Kinda and then NPR's weird. coverage of the Oscars. He, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Anne Hathaway is just kind of hot and charming and, you know, enthusiastic and energetic and fun. And I hear she's naked a lot in that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Holy God, is she naked a lot in that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Mr. Skin, Have you ever uh, seen it? Oh, uh, no, Mr. but Mr. Skin pointed me to the uh, pertinent parts. Okay. There was a there was a uh, ad off of the the movie news site I go to, Joe Blow, that was, help Mr. Skin vote on the Anatomy Awards. 
Because, like, you don't have to have a login. You can just watch some clips of naked celebrities. And I said, well, that, that sounds good, Mr. Skin. And, yeah, that was a whole lot of Anne Hathaway. Uh, but James Franco uh, does not appear nude in the Oscars. No, and he was... Not only did he come across as baked, he came across as just kind of a dick. Like, you might think to yourself, well, if they hire me to host the Oscars, I'll just kind of pretend that I'm too cool for it and kind of disinterested, and that'll be ironically funny. But you would never actually do that, because that would suck for everybody watching it. Well, I would never get that call, if we're talking about me. Sure. You might. You've got that, you've got that showmanshipy flair. I wouldn't be able, I think, to be in front of that many people and just not give a shit and bomb. Seems weird. You might not have any choice. Well, you'd give a shit, but you might not have any choice but to bomb. Right. I, I would have preferred that he go hard or go home. That's what I'm saying. I see. He went pretty soft. You would have preferred your way or the highway. And at, some, at one point he made a joke about nerds that was just kind of out of nowhere, like, yeah, I suck at nerds. Um... What the problem is with you? Mm. I'm, I'm happy that my homeboy, uh, Colin Firth, apparently won some kind of award. He did. He won an Academy Award. Anaconda Award? Yeah. I didn't realize that Colin Firth was in Anaconda. Colin it Firth was... was uh, he was in deleted scenes that were later added back into Anaconda. Oh, I see. Um, boy, I hope that I'm not sounding as uh, broken up coming through to you as you are coming through to me. No, you're perfectly fine over here. Uh, I you know I like Colin Firth. I've always I've long I haven't always because uh, love actually hasn't always existed. Um, I like to think it has though. I like to think that somewhere in the in the the nascent particles of the Big Bang was the pattern for love actually. And you know, I feel like it was. If if love actually didn't exist, we would have to invent it. And the universe said, you know what, people, four billion years from now are going to want a really good movie to watch over and over and over with Colin Firth in it. Let's throw him a bone. Let us knick-knack and paddywhack and give Colin Firth a bone. You know who else was good in Love Actually? I mean, everyone. But you know who else was good was that guy who then uh, came to be in uh, Dead Walk, Dead Rising? The Rising Dead? The man. Dead, dead Man Walking? The Walking Dead Man. Christopher Walken's Dead Men? Yes. Uh, Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man, starring Christopher Walken and Jimi Hendrix. Right. Do you have seen The Walking Dead? Have seen I, Walking Dead, AMC's television show? No, I don't even own a TV. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty but good. seriously, no, I haven't. It was a, it was a thing that I, uh, I, I was aware of its, uh, of its piratical provenance. But I was not involved in its piratical provenance, and so I felt okay watching it. Ah. I have to buy it as soon as it becomes available to buy, I, which I would just rather buy. I don't know when I'm going to get over this particular curmudgeonliness, but I would rather buy a DVD box set than a set of iTunes downloads, and I will pay five times as much, you know, without, without hesitation, because sure. I like having an artifact. <laughs> Yeah, I I only recently got over that with DVDs. It's just... It, it was a very definite point, and I think it was the point at which I was recataloging my CDs again. Where it's like, you know, almost everything that I want to watch, I can either stream on Netflix or 
have delivered on Netflix and keep it for a couple of days and let it go. I've yet to check out my uh, Amazon, my new Amazon Prime video streaming thing, which apparently is a thing now. It's, uh, yeah. I don't, I didn't gather that they have a whole bunch of stuff that Netflix doesn't. I saw uh, that they have 5,000 things. I don't know what that is. It's just all um, industrial videos from Burger King and Safeway. They said that it focused on uh, things that nerds like. And I'm a nerd. Damn you, James Franco. I know what geeks want. Is there something, is it, do you have like a baby monitor on with a baby talking into it? Yeah. That was fucking, weird. Fucking kid. Kid's still a little bit awake. He's lying in hey. his bed talking to himself. Huh. Is that what he does? Does he ever say anything interesting? He says things that are super creepy. Really? Like what? Like, good morning, mama. In the middle of the night. Huh, that is kind of creepy. Do you think that your kid is possessed by a demon? Only occasionally. Like when he's drifting did you name up. Him, did you name him after uh, some sort of demon? Who was also named Oliver? Well, like sometimes when he's drifting off to sleep, he says, Let Jesus fuck you. And, you know, that's a little off-putting. I ain't gonna lie to you. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah. I got to, I got to see your mother in Orlando. Yeah, that's the the crazy thing, is if he were to say that to me, like, my mom is still alive, so that means she commutes. Just stop talking now. I mean, he probably knows knows all the shortcuts. He teaches her. He whispers dire secrets Mm -hmm. into her ears as she tries to sleep. So, Orlando, Uh, that happened. We had fun in Orlando. Sure did. I want to say I talked about it some on the Thursday show, but I don't know that I actually believe that. We had a butterbeer. It was pretty tasty. It was. I uh, I was surprised that it it wasn't really a unique beverage in so much as it was just a combination of two things that were meant yeah. to... Yeah. Like it was a cream soda with, like, butterscotch-flavored whipped cream-esque stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you... If I mean, you, you gotta figure, up, though, that yeah. if, there was, if there was a genuinely appealing novel beverage that they could have come up with for those purposes, that one of the parties involved would have come up with that beverage and started selling it already. I guess I'm arguing that there's nothing new under the sun. Like, they, which, they claimed that they asked J.K. Rowling what it was supposed to taste like. Mm-hmm. And they, they did a whole bunch of tests until she said, yes, that is my butterbeer. Huh. Even though it's supposed to be alcoholic. She said no, it wasn't supposed to be. I mean, all the kids are always drinking it. Yeah, but they're always drunk. That's true. There's the scene where they have too many butterbeers, and Ron flips out on Harry. Yeah. And then they ha- they go through the uh, butterbeer rehabilitation program. Yeah. I guess Ron doesn't really need a reason to flip out on Harry. Or they go to Butterholics Anonymous. He's just got that perpetual bubble and rage. I gotta say that um, that pumpkin juice was hells of delicious. Was it? I had a sip of it. I don't really remember it. I took some to the pretentious artist because he, he is so adamant about pumpkin juice being a dumb thing. It tasted like pumpkin pie. Like, I, Were it not $11 a bottle to have it shipped to you, I, I would certainly drink more of it. So it's a sewer rat juice, for all you know. Uh-huh. Could very well be. Yeah, so... Yeah, so Islands of Adventure... 
I don't know if I would go back there unless we were millionaires who had rented the place out. Yeah. Like, there wasn't anything in there that was worth seeing, really, to me, except Harry Potter. And Harry Potter was so jam-packed that that was kind of an ordeal. It was too crowded. I'm trying to think what else we did there. We went on a Jurassic Park. Yeah, we did the Hulk roller coaster, which was cool, but, you know, it's a lot of roller I'm terrified of roller coasters, so I didn't do shit as far as a roller coaster was. It was really interesting finding out what a giant pussy you are this trip. I had no idea. Really? Just about roller coasters? I want to say that when we went to um, Magic Mountain low these many years ago, you went on all of the roller coasters. I did, well, I went on every. I went on all of the roller coasters except for uh, that that one super crazy ninja style. That I think of all of these roller coasters as ninja because the first roller coaster that I ever encountered that was of the sort of like modern, all steel, completely like just sort of arbitrary direction variety. You know. Uh huh. I don't understand what was going on. I I must have just been high all the time. There was a period. There was a period of time in my life when the sort of like crippling anxiety that is the, not, I, say, so I shouldn't say crippling, the nigh crippling anxiety that is the relatively constant backbeat to all of my experiences in this world. Sure. Uh, it went away for like two years. And that, that Magic Mountain trip was in the middle of that two years. And I rode some roller coasters. And I'm like, okay, that was fun. I've ridden roller coasters occasionally since then, and every once in a while, you know, I like the uh, big Thunder Mountain Railway. I like that roller coaster. Some would argue that that is not a roller coaster so much as it is a train. It's, it is significantly faster than a train. Okay, kind of, okay, kind of you're a right. fast, it's pretty, fast it's train. Pretty I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't enjoy it. That's fine. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like flying because I don't like being scared. I'm not actually scared that the plane is going to crash I just know that I'm not going to be able to stop my body from pumping fear juice into every nook and cranny the entire time I'm on the goddamn airplane and that is not a pleasant experience for me maybe you should just smoke a lot of dope I don't know man Maybe it used to be that that would calm me down and and now it like now it's even you know I I just can't do it anymore Hmm. I'm like oh man am I high Fuck, I'm totally high. This sucks. I'm too high. I'm going to have a heart attack and explode. This sucks. I'm going to go to jail. God hates me because I smoked the reefer. Then somebody tries to convince me that God gave me the reefer, and he finally gets me to acknowledge that, oh yeah, it can't be that big of a deal, but then I'm like, wait, I don't believe in God. Obama is going to kill me. With a death panel. With a death panel. Yeah. Do you think that the... Do you think that the... uh, the Death Star was uh, decorated on the interior with a death paneling? I'd like to think so. Or maybe it's the stuff that goes on the outside is the death paneling? Hmm. It was made in the 70s. I can imagine a fake wood grain death paneling. That would be lovely. I feel. We did get you on the... We, we got you into your first water park. which was. Oh good. yeah, I had never done that before. And it seems I, like I you had, a lot of slides. Seems like you enjoyed that pretty handily. I did. I, the first time I rode one of those regular water slides where you're just laying down and going in the tube with your body, uh, I didn't like that very much. That <clears throat> that I didn't like very much either. There, so we went to this water park on Saturday instead of going to Epcot because we had drunk around the world as many times as you want to drink around the world in, say, a five-year period. And uh, we chose the water park because the commercial showed, like, 
people on rafts kind of lazily floating underneath an aquarium. And because it showed uh, like a dolphin pool that had a transparent slide going through it, I'm like, oh, those things are going to be awesome. And it turned out neither of those things were particularly awesome, but the rest of the park was really good by accident, so that worked. But, uh, yeah, so this thing, you're going through this small, opaque tube, which was kind of freaking me out anyway, and then the tube is clear, and you can see all around you, and then you go underwater in the tube, and nothing can prepare you. Like, it just goes straight to your caveman brain. Like, you are plunging into water, you are going to drown. Like, you can't move enough to swim, you're going to drown, and it takes... You know, in the two seconds before then you get spit out of the slide, there is just some pants-shitting terror going on there. I will admit that. I'll admit that. Huh. I just got a uh, private message that is of some concern to me. Hmm. Is there anything we need to discuss, or, uh... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Huh. Not sure what that's all about. Hopefully it's some dev prankster. Boy, this item of the month is a lot of friggin' work. Yeah. It's fun, though. People are enjoying it. <clears throat> I'm less angsty than I was earlier today. Because you got high. Or because you didn't get high, and so... Yeah, because I didn't get high, but I remembered that I could have gotten high. I should get some Valium. I should go to the doctor and say, Hey, I have that thing that lets you trick a doctor into giving you Valium. <laughs> and he'll say, like, Oh, money? hydroscopic... Phobatitis. Of course. Yeah, oh, you know what I should get, though? I, I don't I don't know what the actual status of this stuff is. I, I don't know if it's possible to start getting the medical marijuana cards in uh, Arizona yet or not. I don't think so. The band dork wrote into, uh, wrote into the Twitter, I can see why you guys are based in Tempe. I'm in town and the views are amazing. Uh, I don't know if he was, like, on ASU's campus and saying that the views of the sexy ASU co-eds are amazing. You do, after spending a lot of time here, uh, tend to downplay the, the kind of grandeur that you're constantly hit with. Like, there is not a direction that you can look that you can't see mountains, towering majestic mountains that are like 100 miles away. Because the sky is so clear and so large and so open. The sky is so clear? The sky is queer, I said. Oh, because clear except for the like brown ring around the bottom of it. What? And the haze. You're silly. Phoenix is dirty. Uh, but the mountains around Phoenix are beautiful and clean. They're yeah. like nature's bounty. Um, you were not actually based in Tempe, though. We're, we're sort of based in Mesa. You're yeah, based in Mesa. Yeah. Um... When are you going to read Freak Angels, says Azu. I don't know what that is. That's a Warren Ellis thing. That okay. he, he posted online pages of it and then made it available for purchase. Like, I Is it drawn to, by that woman he was fucking that I hate? It's not coherent, I would say. <laughs> I read the first five or six pages of it because Transmetropolitan is the tits. And so is that. Oh wait, I'm thinking. Wrote, I'm not thinking of Warren Ellis. I'm thinking of Alan Moore, Alan Wal Walter, yeah. Walter Kubiak. Thanks. Now it's a like, 
I tried to read it and just really could not even tell what was supposed to be going on in the first five or six pages. I feel like that was my experience of comic books every time I tried to get into them at somebody's urging until I discovered Tales of the Bean World and Usagi Yojimbo. Right, and like I'm a guy who's read plenty of comic books and knows the, the language, right? But it's still, it's just... Not even, like, wondering what the plot is about. Like, wondering what is supposed to be happening on the page. So, yeah, I can. can. He also says, favorite Toriyama song, go. Silent all these years. Uh, Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, 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 Yes, Anastasia. Hmm. Um... Data Vortex is asking if there's any KOLCon news. Friday night musical acts? Uh, will the sale item be another familiar or something else? Uh, we don't know, actually. Um, we are trying to figure out what to do on Friday night to differentiate it from Saturday night. You're trying to convince me to rent some arcade games. I wouldn't I'm say curious. trying to convince you. It's more like I was wondering if that was something we could do for a reasonable amount of money and found a company that yeah. seems like it is. So yeah. I, I just sent that shit to you. Whatever you want to do with it, it's fine. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think what's we need- weird though. What's weird though is that like I feel like there are a significant number of standing arcade cabinets that we could just flat out buy for like one and a half times what it would cost to rent them for a day uh-huh. or maybe two times which is why which is why it's it's just it's weird right like I guess I don't think anything of renting a, yeah because I tell you I rent so many movies but like you'd rent a movie for five bucks that you could probably buy for ten right sure or would you would anyone do that and that's not to say that I could buy a Miss Pac-Man cocktail table for $400, because if I could, I would buy a whole bunch of them and then resell them for $2,500 in the real world. Right. Uh, yeah, why are Miss Pac-Man cocktail tables so expensive? They're, know. like, one of the most common games. I mean, it's a good game, right? But there's a lot of good video games. And there's a lot of good video games that are significantly rarer and, like, more to them and less difficult to, or, you know, easier to... Sorry, more difficult to refurbish than a Miss Pac-Man cocktail table. Why do those cost $2,500? Is it just because people will pay that? Here's one on eBay that only costs $1,200. Oh. With free Is it shipping. like a buy it now of $1,200? Uh, the, the only bid on it is for $1,200. Huh. Does it work? Let's see. Probably doesn't matter. It's probably somewhere that I don't want to walk to get a Miss Pac-Man cocktail table anyway. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know. I we're don't trying to, we're trying to figure it out. We're also trying I think that I think that what we are one way that we're going to try and get a sort of better entertainment bang for our buck this year is not to do the equivalent of a one-ups or a freeze pop. Um because I don't think that for the amount of money that those acts cost, it was really worth it in terms of how much they added. You know, I mean, we'll de- we'll definitely have Frontal out again if he'll if he'll have us. Um, but maybe try to find some, some, you know, some more locally stuff. Sure. Like, we know that an MC front a lot, Black Carl, Mini Bosses show would be dynamite. Yeah, and or we could we get big audio dynamite. Yeah. Or dynamite hack. Or, or audio, audio adrenaline. Nothing, I bet. <laughs> what are those guys up to? I don't know. 
We could get uh, we could get Grace Jones to do a dance. I don't understand that one. <laughs> I, it didn't really. It wasn't really a joke. Um, it was just a suggestion. Because like Dynamite Hack, what's Grace Jones up to these days? Right. We could get Grace Slick to do a dance. How about the surviving members of the monkeys? Those motherfuckers can't be busy. Oh, yeah. Uh, last time we were doing drinks around the world, we saw one of the surviving members of the monkeys. No, wait. It was the time before that. All right. There was right, a... Right. Yeah, there was a... Uh, Peter Falk is his name, right? <laughs> yeah. Oddly <laughs> enough, he was in the monkeys and Columbo. Uh, and uh, the Princess Bride. Yep. No, what Peter Peter Noonan? What's who? Peter Gabriel. Davy Davy Jones. Was there a Davy Jones? Yeah, there was a Davy Jones and a Mickey Dolan's. A Peter Rabbit. I feel wasn't like there, there was a Peter. Wasn't there a Peter? Uh, and a Paul. Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. And a Mary Butchers Butchers Golly Peter Tork. Okay, Peter Tork. Uh, I think it might have been. Uh, I think it might have been Davy Jones. <laughs> but I might have also just confused. Uh, it might have been uh, Peter Tork's locker. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think Riff put in a joke somewhere about like Mickey Dolan's locker. Right? Yeah. So John Paul Jones was in Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah. I feel like we need something to differentiate. If we're going to have the same space Friday and Saturday nights, something to make it not go here and then go here again and then spend all day here and um, here again. We could, we could fill... Mm. So this will also help us clean. Right. Uh, on Friday, we run a bunch of dishwashers with the doors open. Yeah, foam rave. That's what we need. Yeah. We should just have a rave Friday night. That's what we should have. There's a fucking okay. rave. Some yeah. glow sticks, some... Some techno. We should try to get as arrested as possible on Friday night to make Saturday yeah. as awkward as possible. Some ecstasy. Yeah, look, we can just distribute ecstasy. That's that's going to be way way cheaper per dose than the catering at uh, Dave and Buster's. That is actually true. Which how fucked up is that? Right. Well, it'll be like twenty five bucks a person or so. Last I checked, it was something. It was something like that. Yeah, for ecstasy. And, and for like you know like so a single plate of corn dog nuggets or whatever it is that we had, you know, mm-hmm. some cheese dip, some cracker spreads, uh, versus versus an illegal, extremely powerful uh, uh, sort of, you know, hallucinogen yeah, but for like one-fifth the price. Once we give them that, then all we have to do is provide water. Yeah, oh, and like maybe like a rug yeah. uh, so that they can touch the rug and think, wow, this rug is... Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for giving us this rug. That's what they would say. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if there's one thing that the KOLCon crowd needs, it's encouragement to uh, take off their clothes and start touching each other. Yeah. And you can take it. You can take a dose yourself, and you can sit in the corner going, oh, my God, my arms are gone. Yeah. And people can come, can come up and hug you, and you'd be like, oh, I want to hug you back, but I have no fucking arms, and this sucks. I uh, I didn't think that my arms were gone. I thought that I couldn't move them. Right, and then you moved them, and then you're like, oh, ah, my arms are gone. Well, you see that I make fun of you, but I have a tattoo based on a drug experience. So yeah. right, right, right. Where you were like, oh man, I get it now. Yeah, let it's, me let me cast some stones. That's what it's I'm gonna okay. Do. It's okay to end a rockabilly song. Yeah. 
because um, that was your 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 belief before was that rockabilly songs should just last forever. Uh-huh. And you finally saw the light. You took some you took some dextromethorphan and finally saw uh, that uh, the light provided by the Reverend Horton Heat. <laughs> Dextro. Is the is the Reverend Horton Heat even a rockabilly band? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm afraid I'm out of touch even with like late '90s culture. Right. Uh, so also Dana Vortex. As far as the sale item, we're we're kicking that around. Yep. I kind of want to do a tome, uh, but that's that's just a that is an idea that is only formed insofar as me thinking that I kind of want to do a tome. And I could also, and we're also pondering the hippo returning for thirty dollars. Oh, I don't think we're. Po- I mean, I think we pretty much. I feel like I promised people that I would. We said that that would happen when we sold it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, let's see. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we just start, like, reading questions and stuff, man? I don't know. We can dive in. I, uh, oh, man, I was excited to find out today that uh, my, my, my chickens are definitely starting to develop some secondary sex characteristics. You know, like in junior high when you noticed that, like, the girls around you started having, like, sort of uh, large and vivid combs? You know? Did I lose you? Or are you just letting me talk? I'm just letting you talk. No, I'm excited because that means they're probably going to start laying eggs soon. Oh, that's awesome. I just mean they have vivid and large combs. Excellent. You they make chicken they had, noises now. They had puffy cloacas. I haven't, I haven't investigated their cloacas. And, I, and I, you know, really, I could probably go the rest of my life without investigating a cloaca. <laughs> that was the worst episode of Scooby-Doo ever. Yeah. Come on, I team. I don't even want to know. I don't know where... Uh, I mean, I can kind of guess where they are on the chickens. Right. Um, but I've never, like... I've never gone after it. I, I assume that I would know one if I saw it, but I don't know what one looks like. I couldn't draw you a picture. And I think I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. Let me draw you a picture of my situation. I'd like to not be able to draw you a picture of a cloaca. I, I feel you. I don't feel your cloaca, though. Cause that would be gross. I don't think I have a cloaca. If I did, you'd be the first one I'd let kiss it. Aww. Halfoid writes, have you guys ever attended GDC? What are your feelings about those sorts of conventions? Uh, we went as a sort of like, uh, just putting out feelers to see if it was worth doing. Uh, Hot Stuff and I went to GDC in Austin. The year before, they sort of rebranded GDC Austin as the like, online gaming GDC with the more indie focus. Uh, I had a weird experience being there. Like, it it made me feel even more like a sort of industry outsider than I normally do. Mm. Um, like, a lot of people there... I mean, I feel like a lot of people in the games industry at large know about Kingdom of Loathing, but it's like it's more of a of a curiosity than like a real thing, right? Hmm. And so, like we went, and, I, and I've talked about this before, but like we went, and I sat in a bunch of panels. Like we tried to we tried to sort of maximize the stuff that we saw. So hot stuff went and sat in on like you know kind of business and legal and weird kind of boring shit like that. 
and I went on all the ones that seemed relevant to like what we do and like there were just a lot of people saying like well this is what you have to do to run a fleet of free to play MMO you can't do A you can't do B you can't do C where A B and C are like our entire business model and then they're like you have to do D E and F and D E and F are like some bullshit um and I don't know. I mean, there, there were there were a handful of things. There was about three hours of that weekend that if if there had been 12 hours like that, I would have immediately signed us all up to go back the following year. But it just it just wasn't. The, the density wasn't there. It, it didn't justify the expense. Yeah, I, I would. I'm sure that we're an edge case. And so it's we're not going to see a whole bunch of stuff that is pertinent to what we're doing. I mean, it is interesting to see what other people are doing. You know, we ran into the guy, we met the guy who made that Sherwood dungeon thing, which is like a single-man shop that's apparently profitable, and it's just this weird thing. It was neat to see that. We talked to the guys that, we talked to some guys that worked for this company in Germany that <laughs> runs a game called Tibia. That's like a free-to-play MMO that's been apparently profitable for like 11 or 12 years. It's using like Ultima Online tech. And, you know, talking to them was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we could probably keep this thing going for 10 or 15 years. As it turns out, even with our, our uh, you know, tech that was old 10 years ago. Um, there was a roundtable that I sat in, I sat in on uh, with a bunch of people talking about like quest design. Um, so there were like a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of guys from Eve Online who were like sort of lumbering jerks in kilts. <laughs> I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were smart, um, and they're probably nice guys. But they, like, every time I see a guy in a kilt, I'm predisposed to think that he's a dick. And there was a little bit of like, I don't know, cock of the walk going on. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, maybe it was just because the the kilts made the cocks more visible. Uh, they do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the experience could have gone differently, and then I would have thought, yeah, GDC is a thing that we should go to. What I saw a lot of was a lot of the attendees were people who were like trying to get a job in the game industry, and so then there was a lot of shit that was like, hey, you come to this panel to see how to get a job in the game industry, and like just a bunch of people walking around handing out resumes and shit, and like it was like, ah. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing, While yeah. I'm sure there were parts of it that also the keynote was horseshit. Yeah. Uh, it was like Bruce Sterling, who I didn't know anything about, but now I've decided that I don't like because of his horseshit keynote speech. Mm -hmm. uh, he was pretending to be a visitor from the future, and he had a computer that was a handkerchief. <laughs> um, it sounds so silly when you say it like that. Yeah. Um. There was a talk by the guy that, uh, one of the guys that made Club Penguin that was actually pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, they, because they seem to be, and at least, at least before they were purchased by Disney, and I can't imagine this would have changed too much, they were, like, just really super focused on customer service and talking about, like, why that was important to them and how it seems to have paid off. Um, yeah, that seemed cool. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if we didn't have to travel and get hotel rooms to do it, that would make a big difference. Um, you know, like if they did GDC in San Diego in July, <laughs> where we already were, um, 
this this also a shop troll had posted in the forum thread. I noticed on the PAX East schedule, there's a panel regarding free to play MMO games. It's okay to admit it. You like free to play MMO games. How come you guys don't do more industry panels aside from the new game reveal at DragonCon? It seems like with almost eight years of experience in this space, Asymmetric must be doing something right. Um, you know, this is one of those things where I feel like every once in a while, like a hot stuff will just start some machinations to make something like that happen that I would just feel like we were not going to be able to do. And then, like, you know, we actually get the sort of, like, preferred status at DragonCon this year uh-huh. because we asked, right? And <sighs> PAX, I don't know. I have a hard time imagining the Penny Arcade guys approving us for... I'm assuming that if you're if you're doing a panel, you get in for free. I, I have a hard time imagining them approving that. Um... I don't know why. You know, I don't know why I just kind of feel like we're not precisely taken seriously in the industry. Um, you know, you know, Raf Koster talking to us and finding out about how things were going, like, saw fit to say, like, hey, check out what these guys are doing. But, like, nobody really listened to him. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Warren Spector's wife thinks we're kind of genius. Yeah, but just based on seeing the booth at Comic-Con and knowing nothing about the game. Right. Which is cool, you know. I still go back to that because that was such a beautifully surreal little encounter. Yeah. I'm so sad that Epic Mickey sucked. This is why nobody in the industry takes us seriously. Why, because I constantly tell everybody that their shit sucks? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably okay. Psychonauts? Sucked balls. Why don't you... I didn't say it sucked, I said it was hard. Why don't you get off my nuts? Oh man! You know, I finally got my uh, I finally got my Xbox fixed, and I played uh, Costume Quest at the recommendation of several people, including Sleepy Worm. And he's right; it's fucking awesome. Hmm. It is like it is like an adorable little game. Speaking of Tim Schafer, because that's made by is made by Double Fine. Right, right. I've also heard good things about stacking, but I'm not. Uh, that looks I'm neat. Bite off more than I can chew. Although, like, it seems like a lot of the mechanics are fart based. But, really? Yeah. You know. Maybe I just gotta let that go. Uh, I saw... I almost paid a dollar for an iPhone game called something like Fart Manager. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because apparently it's like a real game. Like, you're an elevator operator, and you're standing in the middle of the screen, and you keep farting, and you have to, like, guide the... You have to, like, fan the fart into different places to avoid, like, poisoning the other people in the elevator. Uh Uh-huh. And there's, like, different people whose noses are at different heights and, you know, people with different tolerances for it and, like, a dog that will attack you if he smells any farts. Uh-huh. Um, you know, given, given my tendency in just my day-to-day interactions with everyone to just, like, constantly sing whatever song is stuck in my head but replace all of the nouns with fart or turd... Right. Uh, you'd think I would have a you'd think I would have a, a higher tolerance for fart jokes in the media that I consume, but I really really hate them, in something that I think is supposed to be real. You know, like yeah. when that when that Bantha or whatever farts in Jar Jar's face. Like yeah, the first prequel. I'm like yeah, you know. That's a that was a slippery slope that began with the Sarlacc burping after it eats Boba Fett. Yeah. It didn't do that originally, did it? Yeah, it did. Originally, oh, really? it was a vagina and not a penis, which they changed in the, the special edition. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, they're, they're right there with my visual aesthetic. Yeah. 
why do you think that everything that I I'm not saying I'm not saying what's wrong with you why do you think this I'm saying why why do you think I draw so many penises and vaginas without realizing it I think that they are two basic shapes that it's really hard not to draw when you're drawing certain things like I'm surprised that you don't see that the like the big horns over the doors in pandemonium look pretty vaginal but like I'll give you like if you're drawing a tower you're gonna probably end up drawing a cock that's just you know right well I mean if you build a tower you're basically building the cock in your in your collective unconscious right right because Young had a dream and it wasn't about you know people being judged by the content of their character it was just about a giant throbbing cock yep Uh, Brandon Trepp says, any plans for an iOS app? Oh, yeah, we got tons of plans for iOS apps. We were talking about that today. Plans, plans, and plans. Yeah, more plans. You know what? uh, If you're an iPhone developer and you want to take some of our ideas and make them into apps for us for free, uh, give us a call. Yeah, you know, finding an iPhone developer who would just do work for us for a, a percentage of whatever revenue that brought in that would be fantastic. Um, but finding one, you know, finding somebody who's willing to take somebody else's direction and uh, and do that and actually work hard and finish a project for no real pay is, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing where you're going to get a whole bunch of applicants and then waste a whole bunch of time. Right. And with one of them that's never going to finish anything. Um... But hey, get in touch. If you're an iPhone developer and you're like, that sounds ex- like exactly what I want to do. I want to implement an idea from the loathing staff in my spare time and uh, reap a percentage of the profits they make from it, then yeah, by all means, drop either of us a private message. Because the, the beauty is they wouldn't be wasting our time. Well, they would be if we spent a bunch of time producing stuff for them to implement, right? Like, Well, not if we handed them something like like what we're, we were talking about today. So here's something that we're generating art assets for, and it, we have all the stuff ready to go to be implemented in Kingdom. To just say, take that and make an iPhone game out of it, and if they don't, we're left with what we started with, which is we still have it in KOL. Sure, if it is just a matter of like handing someone a packet and that's it. I mean, the, the, the iteration, though, of getting getting it from like... It, it is almost impossible, I've learned, to communicate with anyone about anything. I, it, it, it is a miracle. It is a miracle that just blows my mind now that the sort of scope of human endeavor is as great as it is. Because I feel like it is just impossible to... It is impossible for anybody to communicate anything to anyone in terms of like actually getting them to do it. Because if you... It, well, in writing, at least. Maybe this is my problem. Right. If you write a set of instructions that is long enough to be comprehensive, it is so long that no one will read it. It's so long that you won't read it. No. No. Anyone won't read it. Anybody. Yes. Huh. Nobody. No one will read it, ever. TLDR is universal. It's like that rule about Hitler. It always happens. Like... Anything you imagine Hitler doing, somewhere there is porn of that. Right, right. 
Uh, let's see. Stupak writes, what's in store for the Crypt? How far away is it? Um, the Crypt is not getting a whole lot of uh, stuff going on. Um, I started on it the other day before I realized that February only had 28 days, and then I realized, what the fuck? Why haven't I been working on this goddamn item of the month since the middle of January? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would be surprised if the entirety of March goes by without the, the crypt getting the sort of like, treatment that I've been going through. Um, the Cage 37 stuff is basically done. There's some glitchy shit uh, going on where uh, we got to figure that out. But uh, I imagine that will roll a few days after the item. And it says, on an unrelated note, I've been on a trying new beers kick lately, although nowhere near at the level of the January experiment you and Hot Stuff did. I'm probably at three to five per week. Pussy. Uh, that made me curious to see if you guys drank any of the ones I'm trying and what your experiences were. Your review of Dogfish Head's 90-minute IPA got me curious. Have you tried Stone's Ruination? It's by far the hoppiest beer I've ever had. Way hoppier than the 90-minute, and I fucking love it. But it seems like it could definitely be a step too far for you. Um, I like it well enough. I've had it. I, I, uh, I think I prefer... Uh, I prefer the pale to the ruination. I ref I prefer the IPA to the pale, and I prefer levitation to the IPA. That likes me some ruination. Says, Do you know of a place like Beer Advocate, but where the reviews are private? I don't have the sanity to comply with their review policies, but I'd like some way to keep track of what I've tried slash like that doesn't depend on my awful memory or something dumb like a spreadsheet. How is a how is a posting a review to a website where only you can see it any dumber than a spreadsheet? <laughs> I have no response to that. Yeah, no, no, you don't. M. Hall says, uh, "Yeah, we did a lot of we did a lot of talking about stuff on Thursday, and there's a lot of long-winded responses to that stuff." My point of view on why lucre wasn't received the way you intended it: it delays the gratification too long, and time collecting lucre is time I could have spent progressing on other goals of mine. Goals that I can achieve faster than 200 days, even if I only log on once a week. Sure, I could use Faxbot and Spooky Petty to speed lucre collection, but then again, I could use them to help myself achieve other goals I have. Goals that, again, I will see results from much faster than lucre. Instead of creating an impression that I'm progressing, it's created an impression that I will never progress far enough to meet my goal with a sniff tone. Uh, you know what I'd like to see 30 packs of in Mr. Store? Lucre. <laughs> uh, it also doesn't help that there's only one way to meet the sniff tone goal. If my goal, for example, is to accumulate enough meat to buy an expensive item in the mall, I can get it in numerous ways. I can donate and sell to Mr. A, I can meat farm, I can item farm. I can try to win the meat in games. I can try to win the meat in the MMG. I can play the market buying up items at the fluctuating price when the price is low and then selling them again when it swings up. Probably even more ways of meeting that goal that I haven't thought of here. For a sniff tome, I have to do a boring, repetitive quest every day for 200 days. No other way to do it. I mean, comparing acquiring the basic currency of the game to acquiring a single item out of 5,000 items is, is, is disingenuous, right? Like... Lucre farming is not meant to be a fundamental aspect of gameplay, right? It's a thing you can do if you want. The fact that there is this mindset, and you know, should have anticipated this, the fact that there is this mindset that says, if this thing helps me with any of my goals, it is required that I do it, is, right. is a recipe for frustration for everybody, you know? And we've, we've gone over and over and over and over this. And we need... Yeah, yeah like... 
the other thing is it only takes a fifth of your daily adventures to do the lucre thing like kind of it's kind of designed as something that you do in addition to the other shit you're doing yeah so I don't know but you're right the, the main problem is that we figure if it's not part of the actual progression of the game it's an optional goal and so the solution to if you don't like doing it is to not do it but in that we're just apparently yeah, wrong they're, they're, well yeah. we're not I mean there's there's just a handful of very vocal people and I, I honestly think it's a handful you know I know you guys like to talk about how representative you are but like I think a lot of people look at it they think oh Luker 200 I'm not doing that and then they're just fine you know and then we like to think that there are people who go wow that's something that I just have to do every day and there's no way to speed that up and like no rich guy can sweep in and grab this faster than I can. Right. I don't have to think about it. All I have to do is pick the box that I'm going to, you know, for the ones that I want to go after, and then just adventure in that zone until I'm done. Yeah. You know, and that's... I don't know. Uh, ZaruFan1 says, new item of the month? Eventually. Uh, yes, please. Do you want to take a music break? No, oh, we can, yeah. Are you having a baby monitor flip out? About that time. And he's had some kind of nightmare, I think. So, yeah, I'll run up there and check on him. We'll be back in about 15. And we're back. Hey, did the the nightmares get dispelled? I guess, when he was... All I was hearing over the monitor was, Papa, hold you! Papa, hold you! And when I went to the room, he wanted to, like go play with water in the sink and wanted to go watch Ratatouille and like I guess this is normal stuff that toddlers do but this is the first time in maybe a year and a half that I haven't just put him to bed and he's been asleep all night mm-hmm. oh. wait so maybe maybe he wants you to convert Courtney Love to Judaism hmm and he was saying Papa hold you Papa hold you oh he might he might have been does he have a vested interest in Courtney Love converting? I think what he wanted was for me to bring him an entire Jew to eat instead of just the, like, little Jew snacks that we give him. Mm-hmm. Jew snacks. Boy, that guy is really good at getting liquid out of fruit. What? He's got a juice snack. Oh, I see. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Dorngen says you talked about Mr. Consumables in the last radio show but what if instead of making pure consumables you made reusable crafting ingredients a la the tiny plastic sword I think that a reusable ingredient wouldn't get as much hate as an item of the month plus it'd be fun to discover all the new recipes yeah but that's not a Mr. Consumable right like that's just a that's just a different item of the month yeah right And and Mabia says, I agree, Lucre would have been much better if you needed, say, 60 for the tome. As it is, you need to spend most of a year getting Lucre every day to get the tome and the puppy. It takes forever. No, see, your your sentence demonstrates a failure to understand this. It doesn't take forever. It takes most of a year, which is not forever. Um, WVO Quine says, thanks for talking about the Farmville Post, guys. Really appreciate it and really interesting. If you have any follow-up thoughts, please share. Uh, my follow-up thoughts are all fart jokes. Right. You'd like to follow up by 
farting in Farmville's face, was it? Yeah, like a like giving Farmville a blump out. Right. Uh, Mr. Sock says, are there any plans to update the shore? I just finished collecting the big boat trophy, admittedly optional, but it was painfully boring after the first hundred trips or so. It seems like the shore would be the perfect place to add another side quest slash adventure, location, uh, adventure locations that can only be reached while on vacation. Yeah, I mean, I would not be I would not be sad to see the shore go away completely. We'd clearly have to do something. You know, I don't really want to get rid of that content, but, like, mechanically the shore is kind of bullshit. Yeah. And that trophy, you know, that trophy is very much a relic of the the times when shoring was all you did, right? Because that was just what that was what the game was. You that got to the point the where the best player. way to make numbers bigger was to go to the shore, and so that's what people did. And that's why Nightmare has so many barbed wire fences. Because he's a desperado. He's been out riding them for so long now. He needs to come to his senses. Why doesn't he, Mr. Skullhead? Well, you know, he, he has let somebody love him. He's let a bunch of dudes love him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bunch of dudes with gay butt love. Mm. That's what he does. The name's uh, Gabe. says, I too am going to repeat something I've asked before. Feel, feel free to ignore me. Why can't I talk? It's because I'm not drinking. For a fur to a nerve. because I'm tired and hungry. I stayed up late because right as I was going to sleep, I was like just absentmindedly flipping through Metafilter on my phone. Because that's what I do to go to sleep. And I saw a link to this interview that Howard Stern did with Bill Murray a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was really fascinating. And I just, like, stayed up another hour listening to this entire Bill Murray interview. And then you lay there going, Papa hold you, Papa hold you. Yeah, Bill Murray hold you. Uh, anyway, he says, Any plans for new Bad Moon Adventures, particularly in the new content and Aftercore? I don't know. You know, we we with the Bad Moon Adventures, we made a list of the things that we wanted to make available, and then decided where to put them. It wasn't like a oh, every zone should have a special thing for Bad Moon. It's like oh, there should be a sort of an order that you can learn to going through these things that will make this not as painful as it would otherwise be. And that goal was pretty much completed, right? So. That's not a thing that I think of as missing in a zone where it doesn't have one. There were like a fixed number of those in there. They're all there. Except I guess maybe we got rid of one or more of them somehow. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Anambia says, uh, he had said that if you change the lucre mechanic now, people will get pissed off. And then Mr. Crack says, I don't really think that they would. If a revamped lucre mechanic was more like how it should have been from the start, I think most players would welcome such a change. I think that you could not be wronger about that, Mr. Crack. That's what I think. Uh, Baxline says... So we've heard a lot about a number of projects lately. The Sea, New Fernsworthy, Cell 37, and the Crypt, most, I think. So what's the closest to being implemented? Any sort of timeline? Two weeks? Uh, Crypt will be... No, not Crypt. Uh, Cell 37 will be this week, I'm guessing. Um, Crypt, next week. Week after. I don't know. There, like I said, there's not a whole lot to it. There's whatever There's whatever art tweaks I want to make. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so so people start talking about the Crypt. Blister Guy says, you know, I don't really think the Crypt needs that much of a revamp, other than the fact that I routinely get distracted in there and screw up my semi-rare. When looking at his own while revamping, how much consideration do you give to maintaining nostalgia? Uh, you know, not much, honestly. Nostalgia's poison, man. 
Uh, but then somebody says, Wim says, I like the crypt thematically. Fight the area bosses, then fight the big bosses. Straightforward and unique in KOL. Reminds me of Mega Man. I look forward to the revamp feature and getting new, non-permeable skills from each of the sub-bosses that are all required to kill the dragon. That dragon. Dagon. But it seems like it's a pretty big mess mechanically. It is a pretty big mess mechanically. I like. I did some stuff in there that I that I don't really like uh, anymore, and I want to get rid of that. I want I want the crypt to uh, get the same like sort of back to basics approach that other stuff is getting. And so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I I, I have a, I have a, what I think is a cool idea for it. I mean, I tend to be the guy who speaks for the nostalgia and uh, you know occasionally it's good to have that voice in there but you know, rest assured we have a voice like that in there usually Jake can talk me out of whatever like oh you can't get rid of that man everybody loves that and so we take a poll in dab and they're like well, we've never heard of that you know while a handful of people complained about the replacing all of the shitty thick scribbly goblin art with new consistent goblin art I don't think anyone left because of it, and I don't think that anyone is still upset about it. Right. I really think that that kind of thing is just a, oh, this is just, I don't like this because it's different. Um, I really kind of want to redraw the stuff in the cemetery and the crypt, and I know people aren't going to want me to, but Jesus Christ, if you look at the ghoul and then look at either of the ghouls in the crypt, it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, this is like... Hell, what's your problem? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, plus, I decided at some point that I was drawing skeletons with ribs. <laughs> and I think they're much cooler. And they look like skeletons. What's what well, you wonder though? What, those ribs must grow. They're like it's like hair and fingernails. Your ribs keep growing after you die in this game. Or maybe which is all like skeletons them. have ribs, but the living people don't. Yeah, maybe they're just kind of held down and they sprung up once the skin's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Um. Everybody in in the kingdom is born with a chest burster inside them. Hmm. But it's a very weak chest burster. And the skin is enough to stop him from bursting chests. Put on your chest bursters and burst some chests. Who, who, what band was that? Was that? No, put on your shit kickers and kick some shit. No yeah. idea. House of Pain? Was that House of Pain? Whatever happened to the guys from House of Pain? One of them became Everlast. Right. Did any of them become Everclear? I don't think so. <clears throat> Everclear yeah, is like the House of Pain. Angsty Randy Newman. Sure. I'm just gonna sing what I think, and what I think <laughs> is my dad was an asshole. We've had this discussion, right? You prefer some uh, obfuscation in your lyrics. Yeah. Some artifice. Yes, some artifice. That's an excellent way of putting it. But not a lot of not a lot of fruity flipping around your n- note voice. Right. Like you do. No, you're talking lyrical artifice, not yeah, not lyrical artifice, singing not, prowess. Not yeah, not not fagging up the singing. Okay. I need you to be able to write real good and not sing very good. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want out of my lyrical artists. That's why you like MC Front a lot. He writes very clever lyrics and he doesn't sing hardly at all. Yeah, he doesn't. 
Uh, you know, every time I every time I listen to Joanna Newsom, though, I'm like, man, why doesn't this drive me crazy? Because she does a, you know, a lot of that thing that I can't ever give a good example of. Like, I think I have a decent idea of like being able to listen to something as somebody else would listen to it. And had I encountered Joanna Newsom on my own, I wouldn't have exposed you to it. Really? If I had like put myself in your mindset and listened, I would be like, God, this is just ridiculously pretentious bullshit and like even though I enjoy it I would have thought you would feel that way about it so I wouldn't have exposed to, you to, to it. me the lyrics are so good that they overcome any problems that I could ever have with the delivery hmm. and I think that's that's just that is a that is a testament to that and I mean I don't know I think I think I guess Joanna Newsom is probably in the dictionary next to pretentious. And I don't know why it doesn't strike me that way. Like, I think of, like, Tori Amos as being more pretentious than Joanna Newsom. Hmm. Probably shouldn't. Dorn Gen says, Will Wandering Monsters, i.e. Feast of Boris, Nemesis Assassins, Romantic Arrow Monsters, override an ultra-rare encounter? I don't remember. Uh, let me check. Actually... One of these days, I'm going to make good on that threat to just read read the adventure code on the radio. Let's see. I think that's called boss. So ultra rares happen after semi rares. Okay. So yeah, it's. Oh, I guess it can. Yeah, I guess feast of boss monsters could totally override ultra rares. Sweet. Uh, let's see. TP Junkie says, What if there were new craftable foods slash drinks that gave awesome slash epic level adventures from using them, but the process of crafting them resulted in you gaining fullness or drunkenness? Uh, like delicious cookies, where as part of the crafting message, you get something along the lines of, you can't help yourself and eat quite a bit of, the, uh, quite a bit of the batter before you put the cookies in the oven, such that the overall adventurous performance isn't spectacular. They can be low level and useful to make at the end of the day to fill your stomach slash liver, and then usable the next day. Huh. That's an interesting idea. I I think though that in a lot of ways those recipes are a recipe for multi abuse. If they're actually good. Um. That is neat, though. Hento asks when we're going to implement lightsabers or laser swords. KOL is way overdue for those. Uh, underlined overdue, leading me to think that it was a, maybe a link to, say, a Wikipedia article about things being overdue. Oh, Stetherell says, In regards to your discussion about Frisco being a deprecated nickname, the definition of deprecated is, one, to pray against as an evil, or two, to express disapproval of. Only in computing does it mean what most of us think when we now hear this word. I agree with you, though, it's not the best word to use in that situation. Boy, look at look at me with egg on my face. You depreciated, right? Hmm? Depreciated is what that ought to be, shouldn't it? No, uh... No, it like. I guess like self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, sure. I ever think of self-deprecating? I think of deprecated as like intentionally obsolete. Ah, right. Um, this is: Would you consider making Hodgman's loot table progressive for speedrun? So if you qualify for a coat, you get a coat and a stick, and if you qualify for a hamster, you get all three. I'm asking because this is currently how Mother Slime's loot table works and is in line with the changes you're planning for how the mind control device will interact with boss monsters. 
I don't want to change Hodgman, Hodgman's loot table. There's, you know, it isn't broken, and so it doesn't need to be fixed. Finally, any more changes coming to Seaside Town that you're willing to share slash hint at now that there's more open real estate? Oh, I don't know. There's space for crazy events. There's a lot of there's a lot of room for anything we might want to do. We could make it all complicated, and then I could get all angsty about how much shit there is in Seaside Town hmm. and go through another big cataclysmic revamp. Uh, Groly says, just wondering, why don't you implement a subscription to auto-donate for the item of the month every month? There are many reasons for people not do to not donate, but letting people who are willing to pay not to do it just because they forget or don't bother is kind of silly. I'm sure many people would do it just for the EP and of having it mentioned on their characters page, too. Here's, here's a question, though. Like, isn't forgetting to buy something kind of like choosing not to buy it? Hmm. Hmm. You know? Like, I, I feel like every... Every time somebody brings up the idea of subscribing one of the one of the benefits of it that they mention is oh yeah a lot of people will just subscribe and then forget and it'll just you know you'll just keep getting their money without them even knowing about it huh. and like I don't feel super comfortable with that I mean I you know I've been the victim of it a lot of times like I've, I've you know say bought some new MMO and subscribed and thought, well, I'll just play it for the, you know, the free month and see what it's like, and it's probably not going to be good enough for me to keep playing, because almost none of them are, but I wanted to see what it was about, like, see what I could learn from it, and then I'll forget, and, like, you know, four months later, I'll look at a credit card statement and be like, ah, fuck, and then I have to go back and cancel it, but I don't think, oh, yeah, I sure am glad those guys let me subscribe, you know, I think, ah, right. those dicks. So, I don't know. Uh, Deadnet says, why do stores in the mall cost so much to open? 50,000 meat isn't much to somebody who's played the game for a while, but for somebody starting off, that's a couple of weeks of meat farming since they lack the skills and equipment to meat farm effectively. The flea market isn't a very attractive market and is usually overlooked. I don't know if I believe you. I don't know, I don't know how overlooked it is. I mean, it's right there in front of you all the time, and it's accessible a lot earlier than the mall is to a first-time player. And I think if you're the kind of person to whom 50,000 meat is too much, you are probably not going to be able to meaningfully participate in the economy of the mall. So why let you in there to do stuff? Right? Like, we know that 50,000 meat is not really that much. Right? It's, in a way, it's kind of a signal to people like, oh, well, th maybe this is not as much as I thought it was. Right? I don't... Uh, I don't think that this is a big deal. WVO Quine says, Hey, I just watched the first two Hellraisers because of you guys. They're a weird mix of total garbage editing and plot devices along with some really atmospheric mythology and special effects. The ending to the second movie was awesomely bizarre. Talk about Hellraiser. I don't know if I've seen Hellraiser. No kidding? Was the first one, was there something under the floor that you had to bleed on? No. No. That like, was season seven of Buffy. What? There was a seal that needed to be bled on. Uh, right. But I feel like I remember... It's I think if I saw Hellraiser, I saw if I'm one. not mixing it up with something else, it wasn't like... They weren't, like, fucking around in some alternate dimension where all those guys were. All those guys, like, just appeared for a minute. Yeah, that was right. in the... The second one is where they go to where the, the guys are. Yeah, the... Oh, so a guy comes back from hell with no skin, and the lady has to, like, find him, like, feed him blood and find him a skin to wear, and then 
the demons come back for him and there's a dragon and there's a dragon? There's a big like fiery skeletal dragon at the end. Huh. Yeah. I should watch it again. I think it's still streaming. Uh huh. I should watch it then. Rishi Luck says, was the sea your own idea or did you base it off something else? Uh, I mean every video game has underwater levels, right? Mm-hmm. I based it off of the uh, the water levels in Super Mario Brothers. Also, could we get an in-game sniper rifle Vegas, perhaps? Sniper what? rifle? Sniper rifle. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not what I meant to say. Uh, could we get an in-game sniper rifle Vegas, perhaps? I don't understand what function Vegas serves in that sentence. <laughs> Wait, is, is Vegas perhaps a different kind of perhaps that's like, you know, fancy? And uh, what what adjectives would you use to describe Vegas? Uh, no, sleazy? Luxurious? I mean, sleazy, perhaps? Sleazy? Know. No. Uh, it contains that, certainly, and in, in abundance. I remember getting these hot dogs in Vegas once, and my friend pointed out the, the similarity of the hot dogs to horse penis. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, I think they had some kind of natural casing, and they were like white instead of pink, which I'm sure, you know, is that's a way for hot dogs to be, right? It's probably just like the cheapest possible hot dogs or whatever. Yeah. But they did kind of have foreskins on the ends of them. Yeah. It was gross. You'd think, I'm. I have a. I have a powerful hunger. I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm watching the clock. It's not that I don't like hanging out with you, Mr. Scullard, but I'm watching the clock because my stomach is growling uh-huh. because I am so hungry, and I get to go eat when the show is over. You'd think that talking about hot dog horse cocks would would diminish my appetite somewhat, but no, not even a little. Um. Epicurean Quaker says, how about a familiar that does nothing but pop in to critique your combat slash run progression? Perhaps some sort of uh, Star Wars robots slash Statler and Waldorf amalgamation. Like a C-3PO and R2-D2 Statler and Waldorf? (laughs) The problem is that only one of those robots can talk. Uh, Well, I mean, R2-D2 can talk. That's right. He He knows how to talk, we just don't know how to listen. He talks in a guy going... Beep, 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 whoop, and then speeding the tape up. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Big Mara says, Apart from Pandemonium, I've loved every single recent change you've made. Oh, wow. However, I'm really trying to wrap my head around the current goals of zone revamps. It can't be to just remove delay, since you kind of did that in one fell swoop with February 7th change. I feel like a lot of the changes have greatly improved the zone strategies and aesthetics. I'd be curious to see if there's some overarching theme you're working toward, or if you're just making changes to shape individual zones as you get to them. Thanks. Well, kind of making changes to shape them as I get to them, but here's the strategy. Uh, Make the core progression through the game into something that does not have any impossible bullshit puzzles in it uh, is accomplishable by just following a set of discrete goals that are listed for you on the screen all the time and then make it so the existing tricky ways of doing things are just shortcuts for speed players and neat secrets to learn about but don't 
basically don't allow people to get stuck in the main progression anymore uh, because getting stuck is not fun. And I mean new people. Like, not... The goal is to be able to beat the game, albeit very slowly, without ever having to read the wiki. Um, that's my goal, at least. Um, I, I am kind of looking forward to completely burning the sorceress quest to the ground and yeah. just replacing it with something else. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to trying to stop you and help you on various parts. What? Oh, you're not trying to stop me in general. You're no. the you're you were the one who said to burn it to the ground. Well, sure. No, I I uh, I suggested that the riddle contest needs to the all the puzzles that based on riddles need to be looked at, and yeah. I I hate the DOD so. I suggested that we have that gate be eliminated, which wasn't well. I mean, uh, and I, I, I proposed uh, I proposed an alternative to the gates that I think you would be more than happy with. Yeah, as a player, right? So I mean, that that's that's fine. I mean, the, I think that we're not going to be able to without making some really dramatic changes to the way the game plays. Just completely eliminate like you know the items that you need to get and stuff. But I think changing the way that they work, maybe changing the order that you have to do stuff in. The you know the thing with the keys is really just yeah. there. There needs to be a guy there that tells you what you need to do yeah. is a big part of it, right? Like it needs to actually be a quest. Um, anyway, Starwed says, "I've been playing a lot of desktop dungeons again lately. Have you played it since they revamped the worship system, spending piety versus automatic upgrades? It's kind of interesting." Uh, and since you've been talking about game ripoffs lately, did you see what happened with them on the iPhone? The most recent discussion on their blog is here. Pretty much somebody took the exact game mechanics of DD and made an iPhone clone of it before they'd released anything in that market. Um, yeah, that sucks. I read I read their thing, and they, it seems like they were put in a difficult position, and there wasn't really no good way for them to deal with it. I haven't played it lately. Um, something that I really don't like about desktop dungeons is that you can't unless I'm just missing something when you scale it up it gets blurry and it's way too small to play at the native resolution but the the stuff it's like I really don't like pixel art when the pixels aren't square uh-huh. and uh, that that bugs me about desktop dungeons also I'm not very good at it um, you know it's fun I like it his goal being to make like a, a roguelike that you can play in like five minutes, I think it is so hard that you can't actually play it in five minutes. Um, every time I've ever beaten a level it's taken like 15. And I'm not nearly as careful as I think you need to be to win that game regularly. And then he says, finally, I just gained a level in KOL and I am staring sadly at my empty HP and MP bars. How about a full restore on level up? Here's the problem. There is not really any discrete leveling up event in KOL, and here's why. Uh, the levels in KOL are completely arbitrary bullshit that I only put in because people wouldn't stop whining about the fact that it never told you what level you were. <laughs> um, so there's substats that used to be your stats, right? And so then I made a change to where your substats yield a stat and your stat yields a level. But there is still just a single number that is getting larger on the back end. And boy, did that 
was that a fun conversation in the forums? Everybody being pissed off, like, oh, what the fuck, man? I had like a ten thousand muscle yesterday, and now I only have like a thousand. Like, no, you didn't lose anything. I have ten thousand muscularity points, but I only have a thousand muscle. Yeah. Um, there are a whole bunch of places where you can gain stats, right? Even. Even adding the notifications for gaining a level was a thing that was just made me so angry that I just didn't ever do it. And it was finally like when I hired Xenophobe, I was like, you know what? Try and make this bullshit work. And it's like super fakey, and it's like there's still bugs with it where like if you gain stats in combat because it's not actually running the code to update each of your stats individually at the end of combat, so it never goes through the like checking whether your level has increased process and it's like we could probably retrofit something where it could actually give you like a hey you gained a level that's awesome but like the thing about most games where it tells you when you gained a level is there's only ever one way to get experience points and that's like not the case in KLO there are all kinds of things all kinds of different scripts all kinds of different functions all kinds of different stuff that can give you some stats and they're not always in places where it would be convenient to output stuff Right, So there's all kinds of ways that you could invisibly gain a level, and you don't know except for the change. You know, we could, we could like, put a thing in the player object that's, like, the last level up that the player has been notified of, right? Because also, you can lose stats, so you could, like, and people would. If you got a full HP and MP restore on level up, uh, people would, like, level up and then do some shit. And then, you know, you'd level up, you'd spend a bunch of MP, you would do something that reduced your stats, you would level up, you would spend a bunch of MP, you would do something that reduced your stats to where you would level down again, you would level up, you would use all the H the MP. Like, because KOL was not designed around a, like, experience points and level system from the beginning, stuff that is, like, core to that isn't, like... It doesn't really make sense. Even though it has all the trappings of a just like straightforward level based game, so it doesn't it doesn't make sense that it doesn't make sense. But believe me, it doesn't make sense. Hey. Um Yeah, and then let's see. Matraxa says, I recall suggesting a while back that Marty, the guy from the Miss Sign Quest, be implemented as a teddy bear with quest failure occurring if his XP ever reached zero. I've not heard any mention of the quest since, so I wonder if it's any closer to being done. Uh, no, it's not. Second, are the Dungeons of Doom on the list of things to be set on fire in 2011? This has nothing to do with large boxes and everything to do with the trend toward expanding single zones into multi-zone maps. I don't know if there's a trend toward expanding single zones into multi-zone maps. Yeah, we did I mean, it once. We, we did it with the knob. Right. Um... Finally, on the last show, you talked about people you'd like to have try the new game. Is Yahtzee Croshaw of Zero Punctuation on that list? I kind of think there is almost nothing good that could come of Yahtzee playing anything that I made. Especially this, because it would re- it would require him to like enjoy it. He would have to play it for longer than he would be willing to to do a Zero Punctuation. Well, about. he's talking about the new game, right? Huh. Which, you know, is going to be like you can probably play through it in like an hour and a half, right? So like it's it's definitely, I mean I, I you know I don't know, maybe 
maybe when this thing releases, it will be like, wow, this is really awesome for just some random Flash RPG. We should give it critical attention. Hmm. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, I haven't been able to think about it because of all this item of the month crap. It's uh, it's getting there. You you finally started working on it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry I dragged my feet so long in that. <laughs> well, I mean, there were just it wasn't. We didn't have the tools in place for anybody else to do any writing. Even I yeah. couldn't do it. Um, that was exciting to get that email that says, "Hey, it's time for you to start working on that." Sweet. Uh, we need to we need to sit and have a talk about the world, man. Psyche says, Hello, Jick. Replying to, I was just in Minneapolis and you didn't buy me a beer. I know. I just heard about your super sweet night out in Nordeast at the Sample Room and Psycho Susie's. Please consider this a sincere standing offer. I will buy you and Mr. Skullhead beers and some pizza luce next time you're in town. And for crying out loud, come in the summer next time. November here is awful. Is pizza luce that place we went? No. What's pizza luce? Pizza luce is a pizza place over south. I think there are a couple of them. I think it's a chain. Is Nordeast a real thing? Yeah, it's just what they call the... Like, Vikings would call the northeast part of the town Nordeast, so, you know, people who are from Norway and Sweden call it Nordeast. Okay. Did we go to the sample room? Is that a thing? Yeah, we went to... Psycho- that night, we started at Psycho Susie's, which was the Tiki yeah. Bar. Then we oh, went- the sample room was the restaurant. Yeah, the sample room was the restaurant. Then we went to uh, the Gusternhof Skeller, whatever. Which I can never remember the name of that. And then we went to the Hexagon, where we you had one beer too many. <laughs> I think I, I had one beer too many way before that. I blame myself. But it was the uh, the giant boot at the Gesturstenskoff Skeller. Yeah, but what were you going to do, not drink a giant boot? Uh, that's no. what I did. <laughs> Blister Guy says, uh, item of the month delayed. Hints, give us hints as to why. And then, uh, yeah... Wim points out, unadvisedly ambitious is a good hint. Right. That's probably as hinty as we're going to get. You'll see yeah. it in a couple days. And we forgot how many days we're in the month, yeah. I suspect that it will not launch tomorrow night, but it will launch the next night. Yeah. Uh, Stubach uh, says, regarding bands, I love Black Carl. I'd gladly see them again. Their set was probably my favorite of the night, and I bet they were the cheapest band, depending on what kind of discount your relationship with Front gets you. Well, I mean, even if they charged us as much as we pay Front, which they don't, uh, we we cover his travel and housing and stuff, which we don't have to do for them because they're local. Uh, so yeah, they were they were by far the cheapest band there. And uh, yeah, another actor too like them in Front would be a great show. Big name band, be damned. Yeah, that's exactly what we're feeling like. I would totally have Black Carl back. I. I am extremely surprised that our crowd liked them so much. I mean, I think we've talked about this and somebody's come up with a theory or two, but, like, I would have expected Yellow Minute to appeal to our crowd more than Black Carl, and they just totally didn't. So, I, you know, maybe I don't have that skill that you claim to have where you can imagine how other people feel about uh, music. I don't think that you can categorize the our demographic musically that way. Like I don't. I think we have plenty of people who aren't even into say MC Front a lot, but come to Con and enjoy hanging out with them and enjoy that show. Right. I don't know. We should we should see if like see if Lady Gaga is available. She's. You know, she's kind of small time. 
she could use the exposure. Huh, Blister Guy says he's seen House of Pain posters in town around Sydney. I assume they're either touring or releasing something soon. Wow. Huh. Maybe House of Pain has just become Australian. Uh, Kirby says, uh, uh, Joanna Newsom versus Tori Amos. I went to the Art Institute of Chicago, and in my first semester alone, I heard the term pretentious thrown around so much that I developed several new meanings, like, I am jealous that this person put more effort into their work than I did. I don't agree with the sentiment expressed by this artwork. I don't understand, and I refuse to try. Whereas the dictionary defines it as, full of pretense or pretension, which, why well, that's, uh, that's <laughs> a wonderful definition. Thanks, dictionary. Uh, characterized by assumption of dignity or importance making an exaggerated outward show ostentatious. I think that I, when I use it, I mean like a, uh, I mean a combination of the second and third definitions. Like, you know, pretending that it is something that it is not. Like, faked emotional content. But then I have a hard time, like, really defining that either. Anyway, he continues. Isn't that one of the major powers of all artwork in a nutshell? What determines pretentiousness in its generally used negative connotation? I'm not assuming a position here, and on some intuitive level I agree with Tori Amos' more pretentious negative implied than Joanna Newsom, and I can't put my finger on why, although I am a fan of both. It may have to something to do with the relative egotism of their respective work. Tori seems to write about herself in the third person more often, whereas Joanna seems to include other people's struggles collectively in her lyrical content. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when Joanna Newsom sings about something... Like, when she tells a story, I believe that she is interested in that story, right? Like, I believe that she actually experiences the emotional content of that story. Whereas, whereas with, like, Bono, for instance, I don't believe a fucking word that that asshole says. Right? I think that he is pretentious. Like, I think Rage Against the Machine is the most pretentious band I can imagine. Right? And, it, like, uh, you know what? He's probably pissed about whatever happened to the Indians. Uh, you know? I, I can't... I shouldn't well, take I, that away from him. But, like... But it is the... Not the, like, I'm concerned about capitalism's negative effects on society. It's... My opinions on capitalism's effect on society are opinions that have never been expressed before, and I'm expressing them way better than anybody else and I am better than people who don't share my point of view. Right? Right. Anyway, like with Bono, like, he comes across as, I am better than you because I care about shit that's happening in Africa. Yep. And that's pretentious. It's weird, though, like, I think you get some false positives. Because you're... Do you think that I get some false positives, or do you think that one gets some false positives? I think that you perceive pretentiousness where, where it doesn't exist... Because, like, sometimes you think nobody could be expressing emotion that nakedly. They must be faking it. You know, like, you hanging out with Charlie Butterman. You got that idea. Like, he must be disingenuous because nobody would just say shit like that. Well, so if somebody's, like, way too nice. Right. Like, if somebody's so nice that I don't trust them. You're like, that dude's fake. I mean, that, that, that isn't that I think that they're pretentious. Well, maybe it is, though, right? Like, maybe that maybe I'm just misapplying the definition. But, I mean, that, I think that, you know, I guess you're right that probably cynicism will kick in. And I, false positives was a good word for it. Like the, the Roger Klein show. It was weird for you to say, like, I've never seen a guy so disengaged with his audience. And I had the exact opposite feeling, that he was absolutely down in the in the trenches of emotion with his audience. Well, because he was, like, winking at you 
and inviting you backstage. So you had kind of a different... No, that was his guitarist. Different perspective. By the way, though, Kirby, I gotta say that posting a dictionary definition in an argument is gonna get you labeled probably correctly as pretentious. What? No, it's, no, it's I'm not. Getting, I'm getting a little tired of that. That, like, it, when you're talking, you're having an argument about anything. So you're like, well, the dictionary defines this as one, two, and three. Is that what you mean? Like, I, so yeah, it's a, yeah. it is a, it is a cliche. Uh, so, a, this is this is a post about usage, right? So, I mean, I think the dictionary as a source is perfectly acceptable. Uh, Rhetoric, right? And I mean, I I will agree with you that it is a tired rhetorical tactic, right? It is like a. It is like a, it's like a, you know, junior in high school oration staple. You know, as, as like a launching point for you talking about, you know, loyalty or whatever. Webster's defines loyalty as getting a hand job in Tuscany. My high school was pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, it, really, I mean, it was just my dictionary. It was weird. Kirby, your your post struck me as pretentious if we're arguing about pretension. Because you go through, like, here are all the people who are not as good at understanding art as I am, and the way that they misused pretentious so they're not as good at understanding English as I am. Oh, and if they were what? better at understanding art, then they wouldn't call it pretentious, because really... The I more garish and ostentatious I, I, I something is. I disagree with you. I like I, I I believe I believe that he believes every word that he said. You can you can believe every word that you say and still be full of yourself. Okay, but that's different. Being full of yourself is different than being pretentious, right? Well, what does the dictionary say? Well, full of pretense. Right. What if you are pretense? <laughs> um you know, you're pretending, like playing pretend. Boy, those right. those little kids playing cops and robbers are the most pretentious little fuckers I've ever seen. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it's true. Uh, the whole craft of acting is pretense. Colin Colin Firth won the award last night for most pretentious Brit. Yep. So, so, so how does the dictionary feet? define a pretense? If no it's small there. feet, you Brits. <laughs> you know... It always makes me happy when I find out that we have British fans because I'm I'm one of those people who cannot shake I, I cannot shake my just like innate conviction that anybody from England is smarter than me. Right. Right? So it's like, ah sweet. Well, I must be doing something it... right. If all of the if this entire country full of people who are smarter than me has some people in it who like the stuff that I say and do. Jesus, how do those kids from Melton Mowbray make you feel about yourself? Wow, yeah, that was weird. Than that me that, that was that should have been that should have been uh, uh, instrumental in my disaffectation of that conviction, right? Because, uh, damn, it's a shame that, um, like, I really enjoy hanging out with uh, Pokey and Discodorus every con, and but like half of the time that I'm talking to them, we're just talking about like, well, Americans say stuff like this, and British people say stuff like that, like. That's interesting to me, and I just want to... Keep White people be all this, yeah. and black people And I just want to keep asking them, like, oh, yeah, well, what do you call this? What do you call that? And, like, I know that we should be talking about something else, but I always fall into that. They'll say something weird, you know, like, yeah, I put my jumper in the bonnet. I'm like, what? what? And then we have to talk about I, it. I don't... I try and avoid that, and I, and I feel oh, I like... I do, too. I, I just fail. Do it. 
reasonably successful yet? I, I don't know. Uh, TBRS says, not to butt in on a conversation I haven't heard the first part of, but the way I typically use pretentious and hear it used is with the implication that the dignity or importance to which a pretentious thing pretends is much more than it deserves. Essentially, a pretentious thing is a hollow shell built up to seem important or meaningful or dignified or whatever with little or no actual content to support it. Pretentiousness isn't just a function of the packaging. It's a measure of the packaging-to-value ratio. Hmm. Yeah, packaging-to-value ratio. Lightning just says, would you consider the idea of adding a puzzle of some sort to KOL as a tie-in to the new game when you get it rolling? Something like Frontalot's antique record album map thingy, where the first X solvers would be given something like a beta pass to the game? I, you know, I'm into that idea. As long as it was something that wasn't a huge amount of work. Mm-hmm. Although, doing, you know, doing something like a puzzle contest, uh, where the winners got to beta test the new game would give us a really skewed... You know, even even inviting mostly KOL people to the beta is going to give us an extremely skewed impression of what play of this game is going to be like. Like, I feel like us playing it versus, like, watching normal people who aren't... Like, people who don't spend all of their waking hours, like, just fucking around anagramming things in their head for right. fun. Which you I know? certainly do, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, like, I feel like everyone who's working on the new game, that's just the kind of people we are, right? And, like, normal people, our uh, our girlfriends and families and things, are, like, approaching it from a completely different place. Um, and it's like, yeah, we need to, uh, you know, if something, like, you know, th- this is going to sound like a dick thing to say, but, like, if we find something too difficult, if we find something difficult in the game, with the amount of time that we've spent messing with it and with the kind of people we are, it is likely going to be impossible for, like, 90% of people. Right. we got to be careful. That's not to say that we're important. No, no, not to say that we're important or smarter than everybody else. We are just the kind of dorks who sit around anagramming words in our head all fucking day. And I don't think that I can find a big group of people in my circle up here who are not like that. Yeah. Just about everybody is sitting around playing text twist and words with friends and shit on their spare time. Boy, I am, I am uh, not to put uh, too fine a point on it, raping the shit out of you at words with yeah, friends. Just lighting my shit up. I, <laughs> I, I want to feel like, you know, I, I understand that you're better at that than I am, but also I just keep getting shit on. Yeah. When yeah. I end up I mean, with it. like four I's and four O's as my letter tray. And you've just spelled onomatopoeia motherfucker for 170 billion points. Yeah. I, this is one of the better games that I have had. In the, you know, I seriously, like I'm now playing three games of it, and I had actually put that game away because I felt like I was playing it to the point where it was harming my productivity. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm playing too much of this. I have to stop. Um... And now I'm just now I'm just sucked right back in. You guys are you guys are enabling me. Yep. Hot stuff is whipping my ass in the game I'm playing with him. He he finally bought it. He didn't want to buy it until he could give Zynga money by buying it. Right. I don't think that I have uh I have won two games. Out so, of how many that you've played? Well, let's see. I've played maybe like fifteen games and I wanna say I've won fewer than five of them. 
I, I like I would say that when I started playing, I was at about a 50-50 win to loss ratio against just random strangers. And then towards the end, I was getting to the point where I was probably winning six out of every seven games. Like, learning all of the two-letter words is, you know, just like innately, you know, knowing that QI is a word in yeah. that dictionary is just huge in terms of scoring points. Yeah, I keep looking up those. Up those. Oh, you're, so you're cheating. Well, you're supposed to know those things so that you can use them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't know them, you're supposed to reap the rewards of knowing them, even though you don't. Mm. Cheater. Well, now I know them. Okay. Few minutes wrote into Radio Bugbear, Hey, chicken crew, I'm going into labor. Wish me luck. Uh, good that was sent luck. in on the 24th, so uh, good luck. I hope it's over. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, this guy will be the second baby I've had since I started playing your game. P.S. from the pregnant lady. Two of my favorite things about playing this game. One, it's easy to walk away when babies are crying. And two, I can play while I'm breastfeeding. Uh, one, I find it I find it trivial to walk away from babies when they're crying. Exactly. Uh, I always thought it was because I was a man. Um, but I do appreciate that I can play while I'm breastfeeding. Yeah, I find it difficult to play while I'm breastfeeding. Well, it's hard to look at the screen and still have your mouth on the breast, right? I mean, <laughs> I know, it's terrible. If you can kind of get... If you can get her to, like, lay on a table in between you and the monitor, <laughs> makes it a little easier. Uh, I think that's going to do it for me. Oh, are you suddenly... Am I what? Are we done with that? Well, isn't it, isn't it time? Yeah, I was just thinking you were talking, and you're like, and I'm spent. No, I, I, I was, you know, getting her to lay on a table so I can breastfeed while I play KOL. Oh, gotcha. Now that we've talked about it more, it's no longer ending on a high note. Mm. But yeah, I'm fucking starving. All right. uh, Jake is going to go breastfeed, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone.